Moncrief on News Talk. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Uh, it is time for parenting. Uh, a, a former Tupperware salesperson, Joanna Fortune, uh, joins us uh, once again. Uh, she was nearly late coming in. She was like yakking so much about, about Tupperware. Well, yes, and uh, everybody has memories about these things, weirdly enough. Uh, right, OK, here's your first question, Joanna. Uh, my 14-year-old daughter is constantly testing her limits and ours. I know she is a teenager, but it seems relentless at the minute. She's forever pushing back at her dad and I. And everything is a fight. While we ground her or take her phone, nothing seems to bother her and she bounces back fairly quickly. Recently at school, she got into trouble for dyeing her hair. I told her we were dead against this, but she did it while we were out. And sure, there's no hiding the purple hair now. She also was also caught using her phone when it should have been in her locker. And the third offence was she skipped a class with a group of girls to hide out in another part of school and were caught. Due to this series of events, the school said there was going to be a disciplinary hearing and she may be suspended. We're raging with her. I worry that she is starting down a road that will really disrupt her life. She was always such a good girl, but something has changed within her uh, and it's her against the world. Nothing I say lands with her. Other words I can use to get through to her. She's become so distant lately, we hardly know who she is anymore. I mean, this parent, you know, when they say, I know she's a teenager and this is normal and I certainly don't want to go into luxury, it's all normal. But so much of this is, you yes, know, the yeah. process of estrangement, experimenting with new tastes, new hair colours, testing limits, pushing boundaries. You know, I hear your invitation to obey the rules and I defy them. You know, all of that is normal. Granted, your daughter is doing it at an over and above level. OK, <laughs> yes, she's doing it loudly, you know, so... Some of this, any parent with a teenager be going, yeah, yeah, we've seen a bit of this. And when you say something has changed within her, it's called adolescence. You know, there is a huge part of this that I'm not being dismissive, but I do want to say, let's not psychopathologize a teenager dyeing their hair mm. or using their phone when they're not supposed to, or even chancing their arm very clumsily, by the way, skipping school within school. Like the chances of getting caught yeah. are actually sky high with that. So there is that little bit of risk taking. And in adolescence, the part of the brain that develops really, really quickly is the thrill seeking, reward driven, do it, do it, do it part of the brain. And the part of the brain that takes us till our mid to late 20s to fully develop is that bit going, do you know what, is that really such a good idea? Mm. The part of the brain that will slow us down, weigh up the pros and cons, refer to previous experience, make informed choices is underdeveloped. So her risk taking, her all of this is quite normal. She's doing it all at once. And it's like this crescendo effect. So yes, In lots of ways, when you say we hardly know who she is anymore, that's the big part of this letter that jumps out at me, because you have to get to know her now as she is, because this referring back to she used to be such a good girl. And if every time she sees how you respond to her behavior as you're not the kid you once were and your face and your body and tone of voice is full of that. Oh, I long for that good girl to come back. You're missing the point that you've got a teenager who you have to get to know Mm -hmm. and your parenting is going to have to grow up in line with her growing up as well. And yes, just as it, you know, when they're toddlers and you're putting down boundaries and you're setting limits and you say no and they say, how loud do you want to go? It's very (laughs) similar now. She's older The stakes are a little higher because we're looking at a school suspension here and that's not nothing. And I'm sure you are raging with her. But again, that's an appropriate response. You're raging with her. But what are you doing with it? I always think, Sean, when it comes to this, a lot of this is how do we when you say, look, how 
have I any words that you can use to get through to her? I mean, I wish I did. I wish I had a formula and I'd cracked that. But, you know, you're really talking about how do I correct this behaviour? And honestly, correction comes within connection and connection at this stage of parenting adolescence is no mean feat. Mm. So it's really about before you focus just on correcting this behaviour she's engaging in, try to strengthen and enhance your emotional connection with her. Get out with her. Even if it's bringing her to whatever her favourite restaurant is, it doesn't matter if that's pizza, McDonald's or somewhere else, order her favourite meal. Equally, you could replicate and cook that at home for her and make it all about her. Keep the conversation when you're out with her light. This is not, I have an agenda and I'm going to address this issue with you when I have you out of the house. Just banter. Just keep it casual and light. Well, even the daughter be waiting for, you know, when, and, when, when and the hammer falls. So that's here. important because yeah. you have to show her that that's not what this is about, that this is solely about connecting and spending time. Yeah. Because that's where you'll get the value that she'll actually go, oh, you just want to have dinner with mm. me. I didn't see that coming. And let her lead where possible. Be interested without being intrusive. Don't take something she says as an opportunity to interrogate yeah. and find out more. Keep it light and brief breezy, light and breezy and do that on a regular basis. I'm not saying going out every other night of the week now, but just trying to find those opportunities for shared joy and connection. They're few and far between at these stages, these years. So get back to enjoying her because right now it's just a rolling sense of she let us down, she let us down, she let us down. And when you're feeling like that, that's what she's getting back from you. I'm disappointing you. I'm disappointing you. You know what? I won't let you down. I'll keep disappointing you. We have to find the opportunities for where she is doing well and amplify those. So when you get back to enjoying her, now listen, in saying that, Sean, she has to face the consequences of, of what course, she's doing yes, as well. Yeah. So, And if suspension is a consequence, and it may well be because that's a three strikes kind of system yeah. I'm looking at here, um, you want to support her in facing the consequences of her behaviour and support each other in moving beyond that then. Yeah. If she is suspended, structure the suspension. She doesn't get to sit at home in her room on her phone, you know, on Netflix all day. Make sure you've got tasks and things that are not so much fun to do. Mm. And once the suspension is served, it's done. Yes. You have to let it go then and move beyond it. I do think she sounds angry. I'm wondering if there's a story behind that beyond just being angry, by the way. M- might she talk to somebody about some of those feelings? I don't know. I'm you know, thinking a psychotherapist could be helpful there. But if not, it might be something that as a parent you consider to get some support and guidance for you in pairing parenting her Mm. through this lens of behavioural defiance. How can you not make it all about behaviour and focus on that connection? Make sure that you make eye contact with her when you're talking so that you're not just talking kind of at and around each other, but talking with and to each other. Smile at her, not in a weird manic way, but in a genuine, (laughs) you know, find a reason to smile at her. Tell her every day that you love her and offer a hug every day. She's allowed to say no, Mm. but one day, she might say yes. Yeah. So make it available for her to avail of. In other words, be available to her. And yes, there will be consequences and there needs to be. That's part of, you know, learning the cause and effect mm. of this. But I think you've got to find your way back to connection here to work this out. Uh, Anya says she's with her peers. That might be exasperating her behaviour. Mm-hmm. Connecting with her group could be part of her finding her identity. I suppose that's, that's a key part, part of, of adolescence. Yeah. yeah. And it might be worth inviting her and her friends over to the house, by the way, with you there. I wouldn't be leaving the house given the last time you came back to purple <laughs> hair. But, you know, you know, making it like get some pizzas, yeah, have yeah. the girls over, have your friends over and um, bring them into your home. Get to know them. Yeah. 
Tommy says, wouldn't schools wreck her head? So what if she dyes her hair? None of their business. No, but the other two offences, well, whatever about that, the other two offences I imagine if it was just the hair dye, she would not be facing a disciplinary action. Yeah. Yeah. I'm imagining that, though. (laughs) My daughter... Now, now to the first parents, you think you've got problems. My daughter is 16 and is a fabulous young woman. She's bouncy and vivacious, but is held back by one thing, her feet. The stink. God love her. They are woeful. This wasn't always an issue. In the last two years, we've all noticed a difference in her scent. Her B.O. is fine. It's just her feet. She takes off her shoes in her room upstairs and the smell creeps its way downstairs and into the sitting room. It is truly pungent. She changes her socks twice a day. We buy new socks every few weeks and we're careful about the type of fabric used in her socks. We've been to a specialist and he's taken samples of the skin on her feet to see if it tells us anything. She, of course, is very conscious of the smell. She never does sleepovers for fear people will judge her. I feel she's missing out. Is there something we can do to boost her morale around this? I feel like our gorgeous girl, who normally glides through life, has hit a major speed bump and it's knocked her confidence so much. Crikey. Yeah, it's very specific, isn't it? I mean, look, you're waiting for, by the sounds of it, for answers from that specialist who's taken the samples. And I imagine they're looking at like fungal or bacterial infection, you know, evidence in the skin. But that's way beyond my skill set to even wonder about that. And I think you've done the right thing. Equally, you know, you're doing the right thing with the changing socks, changing shoes, being conscious of material. So there's clearly something causing it. Leave that to the specialist to work out. It's the effect all of that is having on her that is the issue here. Um, I mean, you can't will her into being joyful. You know, we can't say, yes, this thing is going on, but just be your happy self. We can't. I I mean, if only we could. But you can emphasise that she is not smelly. Yes. Okay. She is not this smell, you know. Um, She's a wonderful person with many, and you can even list them, and you have done here, many attributes, who has an as yet undiagnosed difficulty with her feet, but it will be addressed. You are currently addressing and one day and hopefully Mm, soon it will be addressed. It may be an infection that can be treated and it will work itself out. But you want to talk about her feet only as a problem that will be solved. Um, And she's got so much else going on. I think that's really it. One of the things I want you to be aware of is that in boosting our kids' self-esteem, which I think is what you're, you're asking about here, we want our praise to be specific, not generalised. You're, oh, you're marvellous, you're wonderful. But actually zoning in on something specific that is going really well for her, be that a sport, an activity, something in school, something with friends, and really emphasising that, highlighting it. Again, not throwing a parade for it, but just being really interested in, gosh, isn't this going great? You're putting in so much work. Your effort is really paying off and really reinforcing and reflecting that part back to her. The other thing I want you to do is not seek to minimise or dismiss this challenge because it is clearly upsetting her. You're all noticing it. So if you say it's no big deal, that's a lie and she'll spot that. It clearly is a big deal. And just really empathise with her. Because sometimes in our rush to please be okay about this, we go, sure, look at it, doesn't matter. It's just feet. It's a- no, you want to actually just sit no, with her course, in this yeah. and say, I know you're upset. I know it's bothering you. I can see you don't want to go on sleepovers with friends and it is getting in the way mm. of parts of your social life. And I'm really sorry this is happening, but you're not alone with it. And I'll stick with you. We'll work it out rather than silver lining it or sugarcoating it or rushing to tell her, just don't think about it. Just yeah. don't. She is thinking of it. She's hyper aware of it. So are you. So just bear witness to her struggle and you are doing the right things around it. 
but try to find because there sounds like she's doing great other than this. Yes. Find yeah. one of the nah, many the things that thing. are going well. It is really hard. You know, yeah. I think especially at an age where you're so conscious about your appearance mm. and, you know, how you come across to others. This is a very particular symptom okay. to have to deal Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Somebody sent in a suggestion that uh, she steep her feet every evening in warm water with two tea bags. It can be a great remedy for many young people with that issue. Okay. Worth a try. I'd say at this stage they'd be open to trying anything. That's a really creative solution. Yeah. My 22-month-old son has been referred to the speech and language services, but I got a letter this week to say the expected first appointment for an assessment is in about a year. They weren't able to give me a date and that the current wait time between assessment and beginning therapy is about 15 months after that. I'm really upset. I can see my son is struggling and I'm desperate to help him. He's been making sounds and noises in a babbling, chatty way since he was about one, but he hasn't progressed at all. I know from my other children, he should have said some clearer words by now and even be starting to string two or three words together. Can Joanna recommend any resources for me to work with at home on this? He gets so upset when I can't understand him, which obviously upsets me a lot too. Yeah, it's a real trigger for frustration all around this one. And again, he's 22 months old. You have done the right things in in getting referred to a service and you're seeing as so many people are really lengthy, unacceptable lengthy waiting lists. Now, what I will say to you is so long as a child is under three, services tend to be of the mindset of, look, give this time. Some children are later to talk than others. And, you know, so being on a list is no harm, but you do, I would say, have some time on your Mm. hands with this. All of that said, the National Council of Special Education, their website is ncse.ie. They have a page dedicated to speech, language and communication resources for parents. um, And it's specifically for parents of children in early years. So you will find some really helpful practical resources up on that website and you can do that straight away and begin to put it into practice. Also at home, and you've got other children, you're well versed in this, you know, talk to him. Mm. Talk, 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 like talk to him, talk about things, narrate things, just Mm. keep talking. When you're out for a walk, point out things of interest, birds in the trees, leaves moving, cars beeping and mirror the sounds. Talk about what you see as you're pointing it out. So you're making meaning. I'm using a word and pointing at it. You see what I'm saying, even if you're not mirroring that sound yet. Sing repetitive rhythmic lyrics that have actions that create meaning. And now... That makes it sound very complicated. I really do mean if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, you know. If you're yeah, happy and you know classic, it, shake yeah. your head, stamp your feet, wiggle your fingers. Go and you can be happy and you know it about anything. So yeah. go wild with that one. Things like that, I think, are really useful. You can get phonic sound cards and even beanbags. But you know what? You can also print some of those from the Internet. Yes, And absolutely. put them on card if you want and cut them out or just use pages. And don't forget your local library is a great resource. They have so so many resources in this area, including things like language cards, and they could really support you around this. There are some books you might have them because you've other kids. But just again, because I've mentioned the library, I think Chris Houghton's books are really good. Uh, you know, Oh No, George. Um, you know, there's a lot of phoneme in them, you know, sounds with meaning. It's oops, uh oh, oh no. Mm. You can do a lot with the prosody of your voice conveying meaning. And they're lovely little books. Uh, Mary Louise Fitzpatrick has a book without any words, but 
tons of exciting story and meaning. It's owl bat, bat owl. So it's all done through pictures and it's beautiful, very similar Pat Hutchins old book, Rosie's Walk. And I think we're going on a bear hunt. Uh, Michael Rosen, Helen Oxenbury, those books are lovely because you've got splish, splosh, swish, swash. Yeah. You've lovely sounds and it's very rhythmic. Any of those books to just begin to put into your repertoire, borrow them from the library would be great. Yeah, uh, we're going to have to get you to write down that list because to answer <laughs> the 19,000 texts, I have to read out about it afterwards. The thing is that like, even with, with, when they get to the point in 15 months that, that they're getting to the therapy, I, I assume they go to the speech and language therapist anyway, who does an assessment, but then gives them homework to do. And exactly. essentially it's that work at home that's really the, the important it, stuff. It is. And that, that's a lot of it. You know, speech and language therapists are, you know, when you get to see one, they're going to assess specifically what your son needs at that point and they'll give you very tailored resources. What I'm talking about are much more general sure. resources yeah. until you know more. So it's definitely worth staying on that wait list. And don't be afraid to call on a regular basis and say, where yeah. am I on that There's wait list now? Yeah. Still here, still yeah. here. And just to keep up on that, you know, he'll be due his two year and then three year developmental check before his name comes up on that list. So you will be in touch with your either local area medical officer or your public health nurse or perhaps both mm. in and around those checks. Just make sure you don't miss those checks for him. Yeah, absolutely. But there, there, I suppose the, the reason I'm asking this is just because it must be desperate if you're witnessing this and then you know you've got this intolerable. You can make some progress at home on this. Absolutely, pro- on this you can. Yourself. And, you know, who's to say in 15 months you might be in a very different situation and go, sure. do you know what? He was just really late to acquire language, but has done so. You can always say no yeah. if a space opens up at that stage. You can always mm. say, oh, we're grand, actually. But keep his name on the list in the meantime. Absolutely. Joanna, thanks a million. Thank As ever, uh, Joanna Fortune there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.